0: Grow and expand your erotic potential and possibilities. Julia, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast. I am so looking forward to our conversation. I've just told the listeners a little bit about you and about your new book that's coming out that I'm very excited about.
1: I think actually by the time this airs, it's out. Does it come out on the 9th? Well, it's officially released on the 9th, but then the delivery dates are showing between the 10th and the 23rd, and the audiobook and the Kindle version are already out. So it's out in America, but it's coming out in England on December the 9th.
0: Okay, so it's more or less out by the time our listeners are, are <laughs> listening. Um, so tell us about you. Tell me a little bit about your background. And what led you to writing the book and what led you to this moment? Just anything that feels alive and important.
1: Well, because I'm talking with you, I want to go. I'm a North London girl, right? Because, <laughs> of course, we know each other from many of us in the alternative community as explorers and practitioners, and also from being in uh, North London. So here I am in Finchley, Finchley Central, and I. I'm a woman, I'm a girl, I'm a mom, I'm a lover, I'm a partner, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, I'm a therapist and body worker and a facilitator. And sometimes I use the word mystic to describe myself. And I am an author. And all my life, I knew that I would write a book, all my life I knew I'd write a book. And through the difficult times, and there's been plenty of difficult times, I doubted that it would happen. And it is really wonderful that it has happened. And I began writing the first part half a lifetime ago when I was in my mid-twenties. And few years ago, I sat down and began writing it. And it's been a whoosh in terms of the writing and the publication. And I guess I should say that I, yeah, I've been working with clients for over 25 years and I love working with people and sharing this message about the body and relationships and pleasure and delight. Wow. Do you know,
0: first of all, those beautiful thank you. And also when you said that you sometimes call yourself a mystic, I had chills come all over my body in the most beautiful way. So thank you. Thank you. Um, And yes, we met in North London, didn't we? We we were trying to figure out before we jumped on here, how long ago it was. I think it was about eight years ago, give or take a year. And we had tea at yours, in fact, didn't we? (laughs)
1: I didn't remember it was here um, when my daughter was little. Yeah. And yours was already big. <laughs> she was already very grown up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I love that we met in person because... Um, but we met before that. We met before that at, you know, some we met out there at events and things. We must have because
0: I was trying to remember that. I remember coming around for a cup of tea, but I don't remember
1: where we met in the first place that would have led to the cup of tea i'll tell you i'll tell you the details of that afterwards okay. but i i do remember it was on the other side no it was on the other side of london it would have been
0: exploring something in the it realm was.
1: that we both work in right <laughs> it was definitely juicy and a little bit wild And you
0: know, what's interesting is I obviously preparing to speak with you noticed that your website is universe of deliciousness. And I cannot tell you how much I love that because I often use the word delicious to talk about pleasure and sexuality and sensuality and bodies and all that sort of thing. And I, I saw something a few years ago where somebody outside of our world, but of of a conscious nature was complaining about that word. And I was like, What? then you haven't experienced it in the way that I have experienced it because it is not delicious to you. It's like something, well, I don't want to come across as judgmental, but for me, that word is a really crucial word for describing that which we both, where we met and the stuff we've been exploring and the stuff that we do in our work. So yummy. That's the other word I use, (laughs) yummy. Um, I guess it relates, doesn't it? So tell me, what is important us to know about your journey, your personal journey into this work. Is that relevant or would you rather talk more about your journey
1: since doing the work? What led you to do this work? I think it's all relevant. Well, I feel like there are two paths of answer. One is that I've always been a really kinesthetic, uh, sensitive, sensual kind of person. So as a child, I loved being in the garden. I loved trailing my fingers across tree bark or um, railings, and I'm touching the wall as I'm speaking to you. And I loved being out in the garden and being immersed in all of that sensuality and interrelationship. And all of that is true. And I was dreaming, you know, dreamings of roomfuls of this and that, perhaps as all children do. And also, I was hurt. I had not easy times. I um, felt very alone and I didn't always know how to express myself or how to connect, how to ask for what it was that I needed so there's a kind of interweaving of these things and i can also add that i think if i may say and of course i'm not the only one that i bring a knowledge or a knowing or a wisdom from previous lifetimes if we talk about uh, the ancient temples i and i absolutely have the chills going through me as i speak and I don't usually say this on these kinds of things, so I'm slightly amazed, but that's what happens in the alchemy of our meeting and mm. this moment. Um, so I know without doubt that I was a priestess, even a high priestess of the ancient temples and that in this lifetime, it's not, uh, my work doesn't take The direct form, it takes a different form of working with people, but sharing that knowing of everything being absolutely interconnected and delicious and sensual and ripe and respectful and all that is possible in that I bring. So lots of different threads, Mm. personal, meta.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ancient. And you know, and here's the bit I don't often say also on, on these things is um, this felt, feels a bit daring and vulnerable, but I, I would be willing to bet that that's where we actually met.
1: Was back
0: <laughs> in uh, would have been back in the temples or something mm-hmm. similar.
1: Yeah, I think there is many. That's beautiful. And I, I can feel it. And I think there is many of us at this time Mm. kind of coming out of the woodwork and going public um, the world obviously needs this beautiful way of relating and living and experiencing and um, I feel as if we've all grown ourselves up and the world has grown and changed and obviously it needs it needs we need we all need the wisdom and beauty and dignity and integrity and connection and truth yeah (laughs) yeah
0: do you know you're reminding me this is maybe a bit macabre but I don't mean it to be which you know when all the waving my hand vaguely when all this kicked off the stuff you know that we're more currently going through I was questioning the work what am I bringing now to the world that is important and I it hit me really like a ton of bricks, which, and this will relate to you because we do very similar work, that humanity, the cohort of humanity and all of consciousness has come to a place where we could evolve into something spectacular. And if so, we need this work. Or we might flush ourselves down the loo at this point, but if so, we still need this work. Because the work, you know, you can die healed, for example, Mm. right? Healing and transformation and evolving isn't necessarily about the continuing of life in this form. Life will continue anyway, just in different form. And so this work is crucial at this time because, like what you were talking about, about relating, everything is interrelated. So we will go on, even in a different form. And this work brings
1: truth to it and the truth lives in the body my sense is that all the stresses and anxiety and the to do lists and all the conventional ways that we think that we need to be are not really helpful as we know they don't really it's not really who we are right right and it's not it's an
0: expression of life but it's mm-hmm. it's not life itself mm-hmm. i guess or maybe it is, and our version with the deliciousness is is closer to who we are rather than the anxiety and stress and will I get to work on time and, you know, all the things that are in a way distractions
1: from who we are. Yeah, and there can be deliciousness while stressing and there can be deliciousness <laughs> while Please. being punctual and there can be deliciousness while your website crashes and then you have <laughs> to rescue it like I needed to do this morning. And you know, that brings me right back to something we were
0: saying before we got on here, which is that nothing is black and white. It's not pleasurable or not pleasurable. It's all interwoven, isn't it? And it's about where where are we coming to it from? What lens are we putting on it? We get to decide ultimately, don't we?
1: Yeah. And where does that decision arise from? Yeah. Yeah. Got those chills again.
0: So. I could talk to you forever, but I I really would like to talk about your book, if that's all right.
1: Well, of course.
0: Okay. First of all, I'm blown away by everything I know about it. The title, the subjects that you're talking about, how you've broken them down. And I want to, first of all, the title is The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. Beautiful. Just fucking beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Thank you.
0: I mean, there's something even healing in the title, really, isn't it? Because the title gives permission. Gives <laughs> permission for pleasure, yeah. And rediscovering and being. Um, so that's pretty powerful. And your seven medicines in the book are slowing down, which I fucking love, and we'll come back to, <laughs> embodying, deepening, relating, pleasure, power, and potency. Awesome. So awesome! Tell me a little bit what you would like to say about the book. First of all, I want all everyone who's listening to go and get the book. <laughs> and read it. Well, it, because it can't not expand their life, their knowing of themselves, their connection to pleasure, all, and all of that. Um, but if you could speak to each person who's got a copy in their hands or going to have a copy in their hands, what would you tell them about the book? What would you? What would be your wish for them?
1: to enjoy reading it, mm. I guess, and to find in it whatever it is that they need to find. And of course, for each person, it will be something or some things different. And mm. I guess people will pick it up and some will read it all the way through and some will dip in and out and start at the back and go back <laughs> to the beginning. We were talking before about the ancient knowings, and this book is absolutely written from my heart and to reach people's hearts and bodies and souls and genitals. And I guess I would like people to know that they are not alone in the confusion and the struggle and the challenges and to know that, again, as we were saying just before, the work in the different ways that we all do it, the work is coming back. The work is repeatedly coming back and coming back and coming back, and the book is a manual for happiness and joy and pleasure. It is a manual for being human, um, a guidebook for connection. And I hope it will be inspiring and uplifting. There's a it's packed full of paradigm shifting ideas and references across geography and history and full of practical exercises for each of the seven medicines that people can play with and explore and find what they need to find. Amazing.
0: And that's it too, isn't it? Like all of the things are all of the things that we teach and all of the medicines are best learned by experience, aren't they? It's experiential. And so some of it, as I think you've said in, um, that i read somewhere about the book is transmission, but that transmission should still lead to experience or action. So it, Rather than me telling a client, for example, this is what this thing feels like. It's like, here, have your experience of it. Know it inwardly. And so it sounds like your book encourages that as well. For
1: sure. And play with it for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20. Do it on a Monday. Do it on a Tuesday in the morning (laughs) or in the evening. When and how would you like to play with finding yourself again and Mm. again and again? Mm. (laughs) I'm so excited. Shall we talk a little bit about
0: each of the medicines? Sure. Is that, I think that would be great. Your first one is slowing down. Mm-hmm. And even when I read that, without reading that chapter, even when I read that title, I took a breath and my body relaxed. <laughs> it was that simple. So um,
1: tell me your inspiration to include that. The time on the clock is 11.11. Yeah. Um... Love that. When I came to writing, uh, it was really obvious what needed to be included in the book. Really obvious. Um, Again, to do lists in the head, you know, frantic running around, expectations into the future, and strategies, and blame, and regret, and the past. And the process of coming back to ourselves begins with. A pause, tiny pause begins with beginning to slow down, slowing the thoughts down. It doesn't mean that the body needs to stop. It's about slowing down out of the frantic thoughts so that the body and the mind can begin to unite, can begin to be at the same tempo. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's really only in the middle of things, the middle of action, where the pauses are, that we can hear our own inner voice or hear guidance or even hear our own body speaking to us. But if we don't leave a moment for that, we don't hear it. And I, this is a little conspiracy theory for you. I think that humanity has been sped up and distracted on purpose. But that's another podcast. <laughs> Let's move on. That's intriguing. It, but, um... and, and ultimately, it doesn't matter if that's true or not. What is true is that
1: slowing down is the first step to all of this. The, the speed doesn't serve us. Um, I don't know if you know uh, the books by Carlos Castaneda about mm. Don Don Juan, and there's this beautiful image metaphor at the very end where the shaman uh, is leaning forward over his steering wheel. He's hunched. Oh no! Oh, I'm getting confused. Who's sitting where? I think uh, the guy who's telling the story is hunched over his steering wheel, trying to drive faster and faster to get where he is, and the shamans are tackling with laughter, because of course, and again, we spoke about this in our little chat before, time, right? Time is magical. Time doesn't exist in just one form. There is no real finite measurable time. There is a great magicalness to time. And it is also one of the topics that I talk about in the book. So all this stress and effort to, you know, to get things done isn't necessarily the fastest, quickest, most efficient or real direct way for things to happen. So the speed absolutely does not serve us in being efficient and productive or in being happy and whole. Mm. And certainly not in being intimate. (laughs)
0: you know no Mm. they can only see our faces right now with a little cheeky smile (laughs) um okay that's beautiful and you know obviously we could talk about all seven forever but i'm going to move on to the next one which is embodying Mm -hmm. i mean that's i know that but let's tell the listeners about embodying why is that a crucial essential medicine
1: so what was so exciting just then and touching for us when you reminded us that slowing down is so important for intimacy, right? For the connection between the people and for the connection with oneself is so that so that somebody is not in their head and is in their body so they can feel and sense and be and enjoy and um I want to say lots of other words um mm. like no. lick and touch and suck and all of life really takes place in the body and when we're disconnected if we're disconnected from our body and only in our thoughts mm, we're missing out on the majority of the experience right and that is such a fucking shame what a waste mm body really, really matters for everything, not just intimacy, but especially for intimacy. Yes. And it's,
0: I, I think that our body is for so much more than, certainly than we're ever taught and that many of us don't discover unless we're taught it, which, you know, our body is a sensing apparatus, <laughs> you know, and there's sensing for pleasure and intimacy and there's sensing for knowing if there's danger and there's sensing for a creative idea for say a book or, you know, the it's, it's, we get taught that it's the thinking analytical mind, but really from the neck down is also wise and, um, like an antenna that picks up information in the world and how we relate to each other. And the, well, like you said at the very beginning when you were a child and how you related to the um, nature in the garden, That wouldn't have been
1: your mind. That would have been your body. The body knows. The body is wise and contains this instinctual intelligence that knows exactly how to respond to each situation. It's not a mental map based on the past. It's an in the moment with this person in this situation right now, knowing. You know,
0: you're just making me think of something that is something that I know, but I'm kind of seeing it from a different angle, which is it's almost bringing tears to my eyes. It's really simple though. You know, I, I talk a lot about everyone has innate sexual mastery within them or innate sexual know-how within them. And I know that if I can get them in their body and present, that innate wisdom is there and, and slowing down. That innate wisdom is there. And it's it's because it lives in there. You know, that's where
1: it is. One of my teachers would uh, say people don't need to learn techniques. No. They do always- not need to learn techniques because when they're present, when they've, if you like, using the map of the medicines, when they've slowed down enough and are in contact with their body enough, they know exactly what to do and how to do it just happens
0: my terminology for that which I say repeatedly is um when I started doing the work I would get a lot of emails of people asking for methods and techniques there's always methods and techniques for being a better lover I was like you don't need methods and techniques you need to be in your body and present sometimes methods and techniques can build confidence
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know sometimes I work with uh, gentlemen who have had no experience or very little experience and almost every single one of them can access the innate stuff. And sometimes, sometimes some methods and techniques are helpful, but you don't need them. They're not issuing from you. They're not being in the present moment.
1: And what makes somebody a great lover is to be in the moment, responsive to themselves and the other. That's it. That's it. And you need to be embodied for that, obviously.
0: Now this next one, your next medicine, I'm very excited to talk about. And in a way we've been, so what I want, we've been riffing, showing it. We've been, yeah, which is deepening. Deepening is is the third medicine. I thought of something I wanted to speak to this, but I'm going to ask you to speak to it first because it's your medicine.
1: Well, for me, there is so much more going on than people usually think there is. And you're right, in our connection, we have been and we are deepening and, um, You see, I find it absolutely thrilling how much information there is in any moment, how much, if you like, sensation and feeling and um, communication there is in any moment. And we, um, in our human arrogance, we often think that we know the answers and we know exactly the way that things are. But actually, we know only a fraction. We see only a fraction of the picture of what's going on. And if we do a zoom out in terms of, and again, this is how I write. If you look from, you know, the lenses of science or the lenses of, um, you, you can see that <laughs> you can see the wealth of information that's present. So um, that's where the deliciousness lies. Mm-hmm. Right in all that subtle, sensitive, spiritual, sensual data that is possible to access in any moment. Yes, and to use a word that
0: you used before, which I I love, is each moment, each nano moment is ripe with that information if you drop into it
1: and be right. present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes you are stuck at work on a problem. And you think the answer is to hunch over your computer and try, try, try and get the answer. But really the answer is found by going for a walk or having a snooze and suddenly the answer just pops in. That's it.
0: Yeah. It's getting out of the way, isn't it? Getting the mind out of
1: the way. And in intimacy, it's like just knowing the exact, just lovely right place to touch
0: when we began to speak about deepening, I was thinking of something seemingly more surface, except it's not, you'll you'll understand this. Um, I, over the course of my career, I've had clients or potential clients, write And say, so these would be men say in their 50s, 60s and say they wanted to be having sex like they did in their 20s. And my answer is always, why? <laughs> why do you want to be having sex like you did in your 20s? We're supposed to, and I use that loo- loosely, deepen. Absolutely, <laughs> we're supposed to deepen, and so it doesn't mean you that the outward expression can't be like it was in your twenties if that's your thing, but the experience itself should be, or hope. I, I don't like the term. Should is hopefully a deeper experience that takes you into all these realms that we're talking about, that takes you into a deeper knowing of yourself and what pleasure and intimacy. And sensuality actually are at their core, not just the performative version.
1: Right. I, 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 the deepening, I think, is so satisfying. Well, people aren't the images that we see on the media don't show the richness that lies in that deepening, intimate realm of knowing yourself and each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's what people long for.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's a a natural longing within us because I think somewhere at our core, we know what's who we really are, what's possible, what's the most delicious expression.
1: Just we're trying to human and humaning is complex. (laughs) I was going to say the thing is that we are all complex and complicated. There's Mm -hmm. nobody who isn't complex and complicated around intimacy or in in themselves or in life, right? We are complex and including that makes the experience richer, more nuanced, more satisfying, Mm -hmm. more human, more delightful, more real, more Mm -hmm. authentic. I'm good.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm deuced up just from this talk. I think my I think my cheeks are all red, but in a good way, in a in a I feel full kind of way. Which kind of brings us to the fourth medicine which is relating mm. relating. And I I I mean I could talk about these with you forever, but tell us your version of that medicine. Well, there's an awful lot to say. <laughs> I know. A brief
1: um that we are already in relationship. We often think about relationship as something we need to get or something we need to get out of. We often think of relationship where the other is an object for satisfying our needs. And we forget that we are already within this great web of interrelationships. So we don't need to effort in a certain way to be in relationship. We already are in relationship wondering what's most relevant to share here. Um, I think it's about really seeing and hearing and respecting the other for being the other and not trying to make them be something different in order to please you according to some idea, but to let them be in all their glory. Them, And you get to be you in all your glory, you. And out of that comes this. Mm. I mean, there's nothing better than the real meeting between people, right? A really good conversation is so satisfying. And and just that, really. That's what we all long for, to give and to get, right?
0: Right, right. And um, I think it's so important what you're saying about in, we're always in relationship. You know, we are, that. that is the nature of this human kind of world that we're existing in that, you know, has contrast in it. And we are always in relationship to ourselves, to our body, to our thoughts, you know, to how we love and be loved and what we let in and nature and and then other people and then people that we want to behave in a certain way or love us in a certain way. And so it's there's always we're always in relationship. I love that. I, I know it but I'm really grateful to be reminded of it this morning. So um thank you. Thank you. Um relating is I think that's going to be a really important one for a lot of people that I work with as well to recognize that they are already in relationship. We're not alone. And we're not
1: Alone.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Um, So we have three more to go. I'm ever so slightly aware of time, but I still want to give them um, their dues. (laughs) So um, just with that in mind, let's move to the fifth one. See how my maths are, (laughs) which is one of my favorites.
1: (laughs) Pleasure. So, um, pleasure arises in the alchemy of the meeting between any two or more things it can be you know your finger on the table right it can be your whatever on your whatever right um i think what you will love in what i've written is uh, a comparison if you like between the old or the conventional or the supposed to way of doing intimacy you know, where I describe it in places as being tit-for-tat or a stab in the dark, as opposed to what really brings more pleasurableness. <laughs> I'm just
0: laughing at that. Of course, stab in meant, the dark. To, <laughs> meant to, <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and we know, right? We know about movement and breath and um, what enhances, what expands pleasure. Keeping it short. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I'm
0: thinking about 30,000 things I'd like to say in response to that. i mean, going to just say one thing, which is I've been reflecting recently. I saw something that said, I can't remember who it was by, but I've seen it a few times um, where some spiritual types were saying that pleasure is a distraction from what's real. And at first I was like, oh, <gasps> Is it? I, I what? And, you know, I was a bit like, oh, what am I gonna do with that? So I've been really sitting with that and reflecting on it. And it's led me somewhere good. And I think you'll so get this. For one, I think that there is a difference between ego pleasure and soul pleasure, but that one's not necessarily better than the other, you know, because we are here as humans with egos that keep us alive and safe and da, da, da. so i'm often when i talk about pleasure pointing to soul pleasure what we we're talking about deepening we're looking for that pleasure that gets you right at the core of your being and it's okay to enjoy an ice cream cone or you know what i mean and so and and that could get you right at your soul and i was i was also pondering is there such a thing as
1: gratuitous pleasure what would that be it's a huge topic. I mean, I I, I talk about the difference, perhaps similar to what you're saying about uh, adrenalized, uh intimacy and oxytocin intimacy. And adrenalized intimacy is based on, I need to dominate you in order to get my pleasure, right? It can be men, can be women, can be anybody, right? Uh, oxytocin uh, connection is is built, arises out of the connectedness and the lovingness and is the deeper, richer, more soulful. Yeah. And I just want to throw
0: something in there really important, then we'll move on, because obviously I'm crap at keeping things short, because this is the,
1: this is the stuff. We're having fun, right? It's a-
0: <laughs> And this is, I mean, this is, for me, this is bottom line, core, I was going to say information, but that makes it sound a bit clinical, but you know, this is the stuff that, that mm. I think is a value to people's lives, that it's going to enrich them and make them better. And having said that, I can't remember the other thing I was going to say, so that mones well. <laughs> Something about pleasure, but
1: like you said, we could do a whole episode on that. Maybe we will. Um, Your next but pleasure, I don't think, is a distraction. I think we live in a physical, material world. We live, I just have to say it, in sensual bodies, in a sensual world, and life is to be lived.
0: And I think it's important to say that, and we spoke about this with something earlier, but I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, what's important is where, what part of you is coming to the thing. You know, are you using so called pleasure to avoid or to hide? And that's not bad or wrong either, you know? And then
1: is it pleasure? Right, right, right. Because so much (laughs) of what we take to be pleasure is addiction and avoidance and and all of that. Yeah. And the main thing is respect, I think, respect and kindness to oneself and to others
0: and intention. And, you know, and that is all messy.
1: We care about this stuff, right? We really
0: care. It matters. It does matter. Okay, let's have another conversation about pleasure at some point. I'm going to put that on the side. Um, But let's come to the sixth one, which is power, which is important for so many reasons. Um, But you speak to it first.
1: So again, instead of power being power over, it is power of being vulnerable, of being genuine, of being truthful, of being, this is me right here and now, this is what I need or this is what I don't need. This is how it is for me. Uh, That's our real power. Hmm. Yeah. I talk
0: a a lot about power with instead of power over, but there's also power, your own power, isn't it? This is that there's something that goes around the internet about confidence, which says um, confidence isn't feeling you'll be. What is it? Confidence isn't hoping that the people in the room will like you. It's being okay if they don't. And that is possible if you're standing in your power.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be quite quiet, actually, being in one's power. Hmm. It doesn't need to look or sound anything in particular. No, it's, it is in a way, isn't it? Um,
0: a position within yourself. It doesn't have to be outwardly expressed to be.
1: I guess it's a kind of freedom.
0: Ultimately, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to roll this over into the last one, which is potency, which is really amazing. Tell me about potency.
1: Well, um- When I was in the process of writing, I knew almost exactly what needed to be in the book, but potency I had to really reach for. Mm. (laughs) In the end, potency, I discovered, is about kindness. Potency is, you called it earlier, getting out of your own way, being in the neutral, neither being pulled here nor there. It's integrating all of the many different aspects. It's being able to be body and mind, body and soul, head and feet, chatting to the most popular person in the room and the least popular person in the room, as it were. It's having both feet on the ground and both arms in the air. It's and out of that balance, right, in a yoga practice, for example, or, or in other kinds of body work, uh, the aim is for the body to be balanced, right, neither to this or to that. And we can create that balance by the way that we behave and interact in our lives. We can find that neutrality. And out of that neutrality, our unique out of that integration, our unique potential arises. And it includes everything that we are. It includes our imagination. It includes our sensing. It includes, you know, all aspects. And it is quietly, powerfully, pleasurably, sacredly, ordinarily beautiful. Mm. Yes, as you were saying that, especially
0: what you said at the end there, Potency for me is, is wholeness. Right. You know, is having all my selves, parts, qualities, characteristics, light and dark and in between and shadow and all of it, having all of it at home, being at home with it. Then I am potent and I might be potent sitting quietly, focusing on my breath.
1: There's nobody else in the world like you. Absolutely nobody else. It's just amazing, isn't it?
0: When you think about that, seven billion or whatever it is, people
1: likes more likes. And every bit of us it is welcome. Mm, exactly. Exactly.
0: I don't want to finish chatting with you, but I do want to start to bring it to close. I have one final, it's not really even a question, it's an invitation, I think. Would you share with us, so in the book, you have these seven medicines and with each of the seven medicines, you talk about them, what they are, how people can, um, engage with them. And I know that you have some practical, um, things for people to do, to engage with these things just off the top of your head. Could you share one with us? It doesn't have to even be one that's in the book, but just one practice towards pleasure and deliciousness and the innate joy of being that you could leave us with?
1: Well, what comes to mind or to body is an invitation to move Mm. pelvis as you are most probably sitting, perhaps standing. And I am already engaged in the deliciousness of Moving my pelvis, and I guess I would encourage you to squirm or to wriggle or to circle or to um move backwards and forwards your pelvis, your bottom on the chair, on the carpet, on the cushion, on the earth, and just feel doesn't need to feel anything in particular, but it might feel kind of nice and um. And to let the aliveness that's in your pelvis as you press and move against, could be the wall even, allow that aliveness to fill all of your body. (laughs) And it can be subtle. It really doesn't need to be anything dramatic or big. Just Finding a bit of nice right now seems to me a lovely way to leave our chat this
0: morning. <laughs> it is. They can't see us having a little bit of a movement ourselves.
1: And mm-hmm. kind it's
0: of slow because my chair squeaks, but I'm doing it. <laughs> it <be> real good. <laughs> Thank you so much so much i could talk with you forever you just have to come back at some point and uh, we can open up some of the subjects that we kind of flew across but i feel like even so we managed to go into them mm. beautifully and um i'm so grateful to you for coming on today everyone go and buy the book it should be out now <laughs> and yeah um it's on amazon isn't it we'll put a link to it in the show notes So they'll be able to, yeah, they'll be able to get it from the show notes. And um, is there anywhere else? I'll put your
1: website there. Tell tell us where you would like people to find you. Uh, You can find me, my website is Universe of Deliciousness. The book is an invitation into the Universe of Deliciousness. I'm on all the social media or some Mm -hmm. of them actually. Um, And um, I... I'm talking and teaching this material for those who would like to have a deeper dive and uh, the book is available everywhere. The books are sold. Um, so Waterstones WH Smith, at least online, I'm not yet sure if it's being stocked in the shops, Amazon, um, Book Depository, Apple, Google, really where the books places. are being sold, uh, Barnes and Noble, um, and I hope you love it. I hope you enjoy it. I wish you much delight. And it's been a real pleasure, Rebecca, hanging out with you and chatting. And um, I think we've had lots of fun. We have had lots. I've had lots of fun anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: I'll make sure everyone knows where to get the book. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sexual Alchemy Podcast with Rebecca Lowry. If this podcast has aroused your curiosity and you'd like to take things further, you can get a copy of my free video training, Reclaiming Your Intuitive, Confident, Sensual Self. The link is in the show notes below wherever you are listening.